Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. All right, stop, collaborate and listen. So began the rapper Vanilla Ice as he introduced himself to the world 30 years ago next month in much better fashion than I did just there. Now, I'm not asking you to collaborate. Let me be clear about that. Like late 80s Batman, albeit without the violence, I do my best work alone. That's always been the case. But I am asking you to stop for a moment and listen to what I'm about to say. This is the Monday podcast. It's the regular free show. It's a show that's on its arse and deserves much better. If you enjoy the podcast, at least see your way to sharing the links for it on social media. That's all I'm asking. It's a throwaway RT. You might be one of those people who's always on their phone yapping. Side note here, I've always sought to avoid dating women that love talking on the phone. The warning signs for me are always the hands-free. If you see the hands-free, chances are it's because they talk a lot on the phone. My point being, you might be one of those people that loves talking on the phone and as you're on the phone having the same conversation you had with the last person you called earlier in the day, you're also browsing and the post for this episode, episode 290 that you're about to hear, might come up on your social media feed. If you see it, Share it. It's not going to kill you and you cannot overestimate how important that is for shows like this. There's Apple Podcasts too, of course, a rating and a review that increases the show's visibility and the chances of it finally finding an audience that understands the importance of sharing links to indie shows. But today, the 23rd of November 2020, today an RT is shared. That'll do. And then you get back to your call. Maybe you do the voices when you tell your stories. You might be one of them people who, when they're telling an anecdote, does the different voices of all the personalities involved, even if it adds nothing to the story. Fine, go back to your call, do the voices. An RT, a share, would be appreciated. Thank you. Let's crack on with the show now. doing Daniel Ruiz Tyson is available for Monday the 23rd of November with me Daniel Ruiz Tyson episode 290 hope you're all healthy keeping on doing what you need to be doing to keep yourself going we're talking more than the hand washing really first and foremost of course keep those hands clean don't touch your face etc but make sure that head of yours is right too and if it's not have a think about what you can do to get it working again. It is not an easy time for a lot of people. And I'm just there contemplating the date, 23rd of November, this time next week. Well, actually, this time next week, it's still November. So that kills off uh, what I was going to say. This time next week, it's December. Not quite. But normally we say, oh, where's the year gone? It's really raced by. I think this is the first year that I can remember that hasn't raced by. It's a year that feels like a year. Well, the lockdown hasn't even been, well, it's eight months now, not even nine months. But the year itself, 2020, has felt like such a long and difficult year for all of us. 
And I can't recall a year that's dragged on longer than 2020. I haven't really had a chance to read about the latest tiers that have been introduced on the 2nd of December. It is so difficult to get your head around that you now have to read up on all the latest guidance about what you can do, what you can't do. That's the world we're living in. And as someone who doesn't find it easy to process that kind of information, I'm usually having to check with one or two people before I fully understand what I can and can't do. The whole Christmas thing doesn't affect me. I'm not doing anything for Christmas. It'll be a third Christmas like that. But I don't quite buy this whole thing about relaxing things over Christmas. I said it on yesterday's show. I, I'm not really on board with that. I think we're just making more trouble for ourselves. And I was listening to this uh, coronavirus expert talking last night on um, the uh, unexplained Howard Hughes' brilliant Sunday night radio show. And he was just saying, let's not get ahead of ourselves that even when things are relaxed on the 2nd of December, we are still in a very serious situation. And we shouldn't be thinking that the vaccine is going to ease that immediately. We're probably, in his words, looking at towards the end of next year before we can begin pondering a return to normal life. So this is going to be an ongoing thing. This is just, it's just incredibly difficult. My mood this evening, it is, let me just give you a time check, 1955 hours now. My mood's not helped by the fact that I uh, over microwaved again the chef select pasty. There's one thing that I value about the pasty and that's the casing. And when I'm, you know, when I overdo it in the microwave and that casing is whatever it is, all moist and shriveled up and soft. It's just so disappointing. And I did that tonight. I think I went overboard on the microwaving by about 20 seconds. It's a cold day here in London. I came back from a run today and this evening I switched the heating on. had to dry some washing I'd put on before I went out to the park and I was also going to have a shower and that bathroom is so cold. I had the heating on for a couple of hours and it was still so cold in there, cold to the point of being painful. And I closed the doors to all the rooms that have a heater in there. Close this front room door where I'm recording from. As soon as I step out into the hallway, there's no heating in the hallway. It's an icebox. It's like being outdoors. It's going to be a long winter. This evening's run, I only got through it out of pure determination. It wasn't one of those inspiring, you know, backs against the wall runs where you earn the admiration of your peers in the normal world. In a world where you have a social circle, there was nothing enjoyable about the run. Somehow I just hung on in there. It's the first time I've just come so close to quitting during a run. At the start of the third lap, probably for about 300 metres, I was really thinking that I was just going to have to stop and stop on a part of the route where I've never stopped. It would have made sense to stop after two laps at the end of the second lap. But instead, I went on and I wasn't convinced that I could go on. And I think there were a few factors. I think there's the tiredness, the lack of sleep. I'm really feeling that for some reason when I'm running. It really hits me when I'm running. The knees feel a bit brittle. The old injury has been playing up a bit. Maybe that's the cold as well. I've been treading on a cricket ball, which is something that the surgeon advised me to do two or three years ago. In fact, even before that, when I had the break, physios would tell me to get myself an old cricket ball and just 
run it under my foot, the injury. It's supposed to help the injury, and uh, the last couple of days I've been feeling it, so I was using the cricket ball method today. The ground, thankfully, was uh, soft. Got out there too late again. It's just no matter what I do with my day. I'd actually planned on getting out for a lunchtime run. In the end, I didn't get out till 15.45. Of course, it's getting dark far sooner now, and as soon as I was on the first lap, probably about... A quarter of the way into the first lap, I saw the uh, Lambeth car ringing the bell and I thought, I'm going to have to finish on the road, which I wasn't really in the mood to do, but I had to do it anyway. But it was a really difficult run. And those first 200, 300 metres after that second lap, I was just convinced I was going to have to stop. Mentally, I didn't feel that I could do it. And even when I got past that point where I thought, no, I can do this, there was no satisfaction from that moment. I hadn't enjoyed the process of getting to that moment. Normally, when you break the back of something, for me, when I break the back of the attritional part of the route, it's satisfying. But today, even though I completed the run, there was nothing satisfying about it. I don't really want to complete any form of exercise in such a difficult way. I think the cold was part of it, definitely. Although I was wearing long johns, so... On the plus side, taking that unusual step of wearing long johns underneath my shorts, that was a success. That looks like the winter running look has been nailed down. Just need that £2.74 high-vis vest to ship in from whatever far-flung part of the world I bought it from. And yes, I actually said last week it was £3. I forgot to say there was a 26p discount on it. So it's £2.74. I'm not expecting any neon on that. No reflectors. I'm going to be running wearing that thing at night. No one's going to be able to see me. I'm still going to have the same problem. Then I'm just going to have to go back and do this all over again and probably pay at least a tenner to get what I should have got in the first place. That's the way that I do things. So that third and final lap tonight, that was particularly difficult. The final salt in the wound for me was that I'd completed the run but I'd fallen just short of the intended 10K. That was my target. And of course, being a pedant, that really bugged me. And if I just added a couple of more lengths to my circuits at the beginning of the run, that's what I always do. But I find that so boring. But because right away today in the park, I didn't feel great. I wasn't enjoying how cold it was. I was wearing five tops, by the way, in addition to the long johns. I thought I'd better take the warm-up seriously, the warm-up that I incorporate into the run. So I did, I think, eight lengths. Really, if I'd done 10, I would have hit the 10K. So I'm a bit cheesed off. I never hit the 10K. But uh, what I did do, I immediately fired up the uh, app again using RunKeeper these days because uh, Strava never got back to me to resolve that. So I fired up uh, whatever it's called. I've just forgotten what it's called. RunKeeper, I think. Fired it up. And I started running again, couldn't get back into the park because it had been locked. I'd completed the third lap on the road. So I just started running up the road near me, couldn't face going uphill all the way again. So I came back downhill. Then I started running back again towards the station, crossed uh, the road, well, ran across the road and then just ran back. It was about five and a half minutes. The pace was a bit better but obviously that doesn't count towards the 10K. I failed to do the 10K, so that's going to bug me a bit until Wednesday. One of the things that I was thinking about, I was trying to do that thing where you stay in the moment. 
That's what the uh, sleep webinar woman said to me. It's something that I never really understood. Even now that I'm telling you about it, I don't quite understand it. I've told you before, time and again, I'm not very good at breaking things down. I'm not very good at the science behind things. And she tells me to stay in the moment. I don't know what that means. Although I think that today maybe I was trying to do that. I was trying to clear my mind of everything while I was on the run. At much of the first lap, I was thinking about this squirrel that I kept seeing as I did those, uh, those lengths at the start of my route. And every time I started running uphill, this squirrel, I'd be passing it and it would scarper away at great speed. And it got me thinking that it's widely held that the cheetah is the fastest animal on the planet. And I wonder if that's ever been disputed. I wonder if whoever came up with that, I'm assuming it was a group of people and, you know, probably people who ran these tests who could say, yes, we've tested it. It's the cheetah. We were out there. In Africa, the cheetah, there's no faster animal than the cheetah. But did anyone ever put forward the squirrel as a rival candidate? Because the speed of this squirrel today, time and again, if you're telling me the cheetah is faster than the squirrel, then that's something to behold. Because this squirrel, the speed of this squirrel, I could live for 100 years with someone telling me, okay, all you got to do is try and catch this squirrel. I could live for 100 years. I'm never going to catch that squirrel. The speed of this thing was just incredible. And surely it's got to be up there with the cheetah. That's just uh, something that I was thinking about today, something that, that I was uh, contemplating on the uh, first slap of my run before the discomfort got so great that I just couldn't think about anything other than, my God, this is so difficult. Not sure there's actually too much to talk about today. The weekend was so difficult that I kind of dealt with that by recording a bite-sized episode last night for patrons. We don't need a recap here. It's there, patreon.com forward slash DRT, available if you want to unlock it, you want to sign up. It was really to do with the whole wellness thing and the difficulty of trying to get through this pandemic eight months in, and it was a pretty miserable weekend. Shout outs, by the way, to Minty Matt and Canada for their kind messages and tweets the last few days. Much appreciated. So even though I know the weekend is when I'm at my most vulnerable, when I know that the melancholy is going to come for me, like the retiarius gladiator with the trident and net stalking you, trying to ensnare you in that net. And every time you feel that next wave of sorrow, you're almost left in awe at the impact it can and does have. And it was just, uh, you know, there were moments where the throat was aching from just trying to keep everything inside. You know, I don't think it is, not for me, I don't think it's healthy if you're on your own to just allow those feelings to lead you towards doing maybe what you need to do in order maybe to feel a bit better. I can't do that uh, that crying thing, not if you're on your own. I, I just think that uh, I'm kind of worried about where that thing kind of goes, you know. But I think getting that show out last night helped me a bit. I'd also communicated with a friend who, the guy that's doing the PC for me, which uh, 
can't come soon enough really given the uh, state of this laptop now because I'm such a heavy user there's so much stuff on this machine constantly having to download things that I need to use and I told him just how difficult things are to the extent that I've not or hadn't up until last night opened any of the packages that I'd bought things that have been here for a fortnight now still boxed up and uh, he said look at the very least you need to open it just to make sure everything's there and I think I mentioned that in last night's bite size and it was that email probably that just made me think okay I've got to do this Today I'm going to do it this evening because I did the Bite Size show. It then ran into the very late evening and I was trying to work out how I was going to do it. I commandeered the latex gloves that have served me so well this year, all year. The same pair of latex gloves just for library books. And I thought, well, they're going to bow out in a blaze of glory because all the stuff I've bought here for the podcast in that Hopefully, we'll take my work up to the next level. Hopefully, it'll solve a lot of technical problems. I'll have to apologize for the slurring. It's these uh, these meds. They, that is one of the side effects, unfortunately. So, brought out the latex gloves. I changed into some long johns and put on a different T-shirt and a different top. I laid down some bin bags on the floor, on the carpet in the front room. And that's where I was going to do all the unpacking and tearing of envelopes and cardboard. Unboxing everything right now is like a very difficult Christmas. You just got to wonder how COVID safe everything is. I see people who've got great YouTube channels and they buy stuff and then they unpack the stuff in front of a a camera for their uh, subscribers and I see them, they've got no gloves on, they're just handling this box freely, and you think, well, how clean is that box? Have they taken any precautions? Have they wiped it down like I do with every package that comes in? I know that that makes me sound paranoid, but I just think it's very important to to do that right now. But I was looking at all this equipment, and the next step is actually learn how to use it. I don't know how easy that's going to be for me well i know it's not going to be easy for me i'm just going to have to find the time to start reading and watching videos and how to use all this stuff the thing that should free me up really is that because you can record stuff if you're both using whatsapp you and your guest because you're both using your wi-fi that really should free me up not for this show but for the football show to to speak to anyone wherever they are in the world no matter what the time so if I can nail that, that'll be really good in terms of Zoom, because I'm also going to be carrying out interviews on Zoom. I probably need to sort out my backdrop. I'm not necessarily at this stage talking about a green screen. I don't really, that's not a priority right now. I'm just talking about really removing the ironing board, which has been there for years, which I've barely used this year, and just a whole pile of junk and paperwork that uh, forms a very ugly backdrop behind me. The thing that I'm struggling to get now, I'm struggling to work out what I need. I don't think I'm going to be able to get a room divider. I just think it's going to be too much trouble. It's not going to hold the weight of a quilt, a muffled sound. Certainly not going to hold the weight of a duvet. At studio foam, I'm going to get some panels in, but certainly for the wall, but I'm not sure that they'd be too effective if I fix them to a normal fabric room divider. So that leaves me with an acoustic panel and they're so expensive. 
they've got the height that I need and uh, they're obviously much better than room dividers, but they're very expensive and I just don't know how I can do that. Someone suggested MDF, I think, but if you need to sand MDF down, I don't think it's very safe. Their particles are a bit, uh, they always come with warnings, any MDF stuff, because I, I looked on their site today, the B&Q site, just to see whether that might be the way to go for me. My understanding is MDF isn't great for music, for, for instruments, but, you know, this is spoken word stuff, so I wouldn't need to worry about that. I think I might just have to take another hit and purchase these acoustic panels and hope that they do the job. And if they don't quite do the job, they're far more robust than room dividers, and I can just throw a quilt or a duvet over them. Still having trouble with the varifocals. The opticians, I'm, it's, a, it's a high street chain. I'm dealing with uh, their Twitter support. They're not able really to get the branch to call me back. I think the branch, as many people have been over the years, uh, have quickly gotten fed up with me. But look, if I can't get used to the varifocals, I can't replicate the conditions that they have at the opticians. My screen is blurred. Now, it may be that I get the desktop PC and that makes a difference. I doubt it. It's just, I'm not really getting on with these varifocals. Let's move on. A vaccine story got my attention today. This was about the, uh, the new COVID vaccine developed here in the UK by Oxford University. And uh, I'm just trying to read my writing here, AstraZeneca. And they say it can protect 70.4% of people from becoming ill and in what it says, or what the Guardian said is a surprise result, up to 90% if a lower first dose is used. And these are results that were shown up by the uh, final trial. The Oxford vaccine, this vaccine is the third to produce efficacy results following Pfizer and BioNTech and Moderna, whose uh, vaccines, I think their vaccines were made with a different technology. But both of those reported almost 95% efficacy. And Pfizer has already applied for a license in the US and also here in the UK. So reading those stats, my initial reaction to this Oxford University vaccine is surely you're looking at what Pfizer and Moderna are doing and surely you're thinking, OK, yeah, these uh, stats are end are good, but those two other jabs have 95% efficacy. I think we need to do a bit more. Sweating the small stuff, slurring their way through episode 290. This is Daniel Ruiz Tyson is available. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at 1607 West facebook.com forward slash DRT available. I don't think I'll ever be able to post on the Facebook page for this and the football show, except via the mobile. Unfortunately, that is the only way I'm going to be able to do anything now. It's just a horrible way to do this Facebook stuff because it is effective. There you go. That site's never going to get back to me. Please remember that you can also support this work if you're not going to sign up to the Patreon. The work can also be supported via the PayPal and Coffee.com links on my website, DanielRuizTyson.com. All donations, everything, the Patreon payment at the end of each month or at the start of each month, everything that I make through this show comes back into this show to support this work. Most, 
Most importantly, the best way to support this work is via the Patreon page. Bonus content every Thursday. It's a Patreon page, as furloughed as you can get. Furloughed before any of us even knew what furlough was. You won't find a better deal anywhere. Patreon.com forward slash DRT. Available. About five metres away from me, I've just got a pile of football books that I have to read for this football podcast. There was a box here, and I actually thought it was some of the uh, equipment for the show. And actually, it was another pile of books from another publisher. And uh, thankfully, they're interesting books. But I think my problem is I don't do the speed read. Well, I'm a fast reader, but I actually like to read every page. And I think when you're preparing to interview people and speak to them about their books, that's not necessarily a way that's conducive to working effectively. So I think I'm going to have a look at how I I deal with that. On the football show, I spent the morning being sent blank emails by this 70-something guy who was a huge manager, very high profile in this country during the 70s and 80s. And in the end, I went back to him with a screenshot of what I was seeing my end because the blank emails just kept coming through. When I first saw the email come through, I thought, oh, this maybe is going to be him saying, yes, I'll do the interview, which, you know, he's someone that I really want to interview. Still haven't got past the blank emails. I'm not sure what's going on there. It is the difficulty of dealing with the age group that I'm trying to get to represent the early years that this football window that the show covers is going to be dealing with. I mean, some of these guys are older than my aunt and uncle. Thankfully, their English is better, but it's still, you know, they're not going to have all their marbles. No roofers today. So right now I can't gauge what kind of hours I am going to be able to, or that I'm going to need to work when interviewing guests. So right now I just can't give them specific times because I don't really know what kind of hours the roofers are going to be keeping. They were meant to start today. They've not shown up. Maybe someone later within the building will send an email around to say, or to give us an update on where these guys were today. What else to report? I went super cheap last week, even by my standards. Went to a pound land, bought another pound razor last week. They seem to have discontinued their old multi-pack razors. So I bought something that looked fancy, orange handle, way too extrovert for me, but it was all they had. And I was just losing a week's growth yesterday. And normally what I do, I just get the electric trimmer and I trim everything back. You know, the trimmer's on a zero. So I'm just, you know, it's the blade right to the skin. And then I just bring in the razor just to shape everything. And I started doing that simply the last few years, not out of following any fashion slavishly, but simply because razor blades are so expensive now. They're so overpriced. I even went down the online route. And it's something that I'll probably never be able to flog on the news show, the the online blades that are advertised. I think some shops sell them now. I was really unimpressed when I bought one. I thought... I expected something much better than what you get in the high streets. So uh, yesterday, as I say, I trimmed everything back with the electric trimmer. Then I brought in the razor just to shave everything. And uh, the pound shop razor simply doesn't do the job. It's not fit for purpose. I think I am at the stage now where I need an intervention, a razor blade intervention to stop me buying them. Stop me buying them so cheaply. Next time I go into Poundland and if I'm hovering by the men's toiletries, some shop assistant needs to say to me, we stopped doing them, my friend. It's impossible to shave for a pound. 
you're going to have to spend a bit more money. I would respect that. I was trying to find some information for you uh, on the blue snaggletooth, the latest uh, prices. Let me see if the eBay page is working now because it wasn't earlier. The server was down. Let me see if I can go to my uh, watch list. It's playing up again. Let's have a look because there were quite a few on uh, on Saturday. Okay, let me have a look. Just go to the watching page. Watching so much budget stuff. Actually, I think I might have stopped watching it yesterday. Stopped torturing myself. Let me just type in blue snaggletooth action figures. There are some uh, Suicide Squad 3.75 action figures that I think might work really well for Star Wars football that I need to look at. There's a new blue snaggletooth that's come online today. Currently in 99p, postage £4.30. Please read description. It says though so. I know it's not going to be an authentic one. The one that I saw, that's now £30.10, I think. And the postage is £10.91. Actually, I don't think that was my one because I wouldn't be looking at any anything... Uh, can't even speak today. I wouldn't. I'm so tired. What can I say? I wouldn't be looking at anything where you're paying more than two or three pounds postage. I never pay that level of postage. So please read description. Just trying to see if this is a repurposed one. The limbs do not move. That might be a problem for Star Wars football. I think they have been glued. I believe this may be a reproduction of other parts, so not selling as a vintage figure. It's a Frankenstein figure, basically. So at least the seller's been honest, albeit in the uh, small print. There are two more reproduction figures going as part of one deal. There's a blue snaggletooth and a yak face vintage. That's going for 55.94. My God, there we go. Star Wars vintage loose rare blue snaggletooth. Listen to this. This is from the US. The postage. Let me give you the postage first. £42.69. And the price of this, £1,232.47p. There are two things that I didn't know about the original Star Wars. And by original Star Wars, I mean the first three films. And the first thing I didn't find out until I did what I think is probably my all-time favourite episode of this show, which was the nine... I was about to say 1994. What is going on with me? The 2014 Bumper Christmas Annual for Resonance of this show. I think overall in the show's numbering, it's about, might be episode 65 or 66 or something like that. I don't really know what I'm talking about tonight. And we had a live audience that night. I say audience, that's a bit of a generous description. But there were a few uh, available listeners and people like DJ and podcast. Raymond was there, writer Nick, Nick Bryan. He was there, fat man on a couch. Stuart was there quietly in the corner. I was aware that I was in the uh, presence there of a Twitter great. And the audience were asked to make submissions live on the show for Channel Christmas, the uh, once a year Christmas Eve only Christmas channel. And Eamon, his choice was the Star Wars Christmas special, which I think was also in 1977. I'd never heard of it. It was so bizarre that I just thought, what? Well, honestly, one of the strangest things I've ever heard. And when I got back that night, I searched for it. I found it. I watched it. It still remains one of the strangest things I've ever seen. 
And that and the rare blue snaggletooth figure are two things that I never knew about the original Star Wars. So that rare blue snaggletooth is going for £1,232. Trying to see if there's any more. There are three reproduction figures. So that there are quite a few reproduction blue snaggletooth figures. I think ultimately I'll probably have to settle for something like that. As long as he's loose-limbed. Well, not too loose-limbed. Not like the Greedo. I don't want a Greedo situation again. But uh, I don't want uh, some stiff-limbed action figure that can't play football. You've got to be able to play football. I remember buying the original vintage action figures. Me and my cousins were big collectors and we'd play at their house. We'd play at my house. And I remember that C-3PO was notoriously stiff. He had to really move his limbs about to get him, uh, well, just, just to be able to loosen up those limbs. And the problem with that is, well, it's not a problem, actually. I think it's what made my C-3PO arguably the greatest footballer in the history of Star Wars football, because he can do things no other player can do in the game. He's already got four goals, by the way, this season, more of which uh, will be discussed on Thursday's Patreon show. But if a reproduction figure has had their legs glued, that's going to make it very difficult for them to play the game. Mind you, you could say, you could throw the example there of Bezvin Luke, the Tatooine captain, who in the Silver Age has lifted seven trophies, a leg break that kept him out of the entire first ever season of Star Wars football in 1982, October 1982. He didn't make a single appearance that season. And he's got by for the last 37 years with a glued leg, sellotape around the waist, and he plays a lot with his head. And I do mean literally with his head, controls the ball with his head and also on his back. So he's sliding across the pitch and it gives him a very distinctive view of the game. He's a very, very stylish player. Having said that, because he was originally quite a a Brian Robson type midfielder, you know, with a knife for goal and he can't really do that with a glued leg and a sellotaped waist. So every now and then I do look out for those Bespin Luke. And this is the Empire Strikes Back action figure with the car key fatigues. I always look out for them on eBay. And if there's a you know very cheap offer, I'd consider getting one, though I don't know where that would leave the original Bespin Luke that plays for Tatooine. I think that's enough Star Wars now, really. That's a Thursday thing. So that brings us up to uh, this week's uh, Nectar Points update without a segue. Two receipts, two visits this week. The second receipt is a duplicate receipt because the receipt got stuck. This was uh, a visit to Sainsbury's on Saturday evening, which I uh, discussed the reasons for on the Bite Size episode yesterday. So let's have a look. When I went into Sainsbury's last week, I think it was, was it Thursday or Friday? It might have been uh, 18th of November. That was Thursday, I think. Opening balance, 389 points. Bought the usual spicy chicken pizza, though. Again, I, I went with the uh, little meat feast, the calzone conversion on Saturday. Bought a couple of loose baking potatoes for 44p. Surprised me they were so cheap because they were quite hefty. Did see quite a few hands rummaging through the baked potatoes there before I made my move. I kept telling myself I really need to look away now, otherwise I'm never gonna buy a baked potato today. It might be that they simply need to stop offering loose baked potatoes uh, during the pandemic because it's a bit of a free-for-all. It's like the bananas in Lidl, and I didn't even say Lidl there, probably. I'm so tired. Lidl, The bananas actually in Lidl last week weren't great advanced spotting so I thought I'll do without them 
this week. Okay, bought some sweet chili sauce, bought a tin of beans, uh, Nescafe Gold Blend refill, bought some antibacterial wipes, different ones, Medi-Kills, a bit smaller, I think there's 50 in the pack rather than 40, bought uh, four pints of milk. At one point during the weekend, I was sitting on 18 pints of semi-skimmed milk. I like that, it makes me feel, it makes me feel like I'm going to get through the weekend, basically. So points earned on Thursday, nine points took me up to a new points balance of 398, worth £1.99. It's going to be touch and go. I've got a month before, well, the non-Christmas this year, or it might be Christmas after all, depending on what uh, the government has said today. A fake Christmas. I think I might be running out of time to get the uh, 250 points. Meantime, Saturday, I accrued some more points. Previous points earned five. I don't know. I I don't know if that was via eBay, I'm not sure. So on Saturday evening, I just uh, bought some uh, sweetener tablets. They only offer packs of 500 for £5.60. That was worth uh, five points. I'd gone in there with a points balance of 404. I've now got 409. So my points are worth £2.04, which is promising, I suppose. I think some of the eBay purchases over the last uh, fortnight for the, uh, for the new show, I've probably contributed a few of those points. And that is the end of this week's regular show. Patreon listeners will get their weekly bonus edition on Thursday if you want to join those patrons and support this long-running indie podcast as it heads towards episode 300. Just sign up at patreon.com forward slash DRT available. Thank you all for listening. If you're not joining us on Thursday, I'm back next Monday. Get those shoulders back. Keep on walking towards the sun. Keep washing those hands. I'm Daniel Ruiz-Tyson and this start of the week I have been available.